Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Genesis and we're at chapter 33. So without delay, let's begin at verse 1. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. So we'll say a couple of things about this. So Jacob is the same one who's going to later be called Israel, same Israel, like the, as Israel as we know it in modern times, that he's the head of that, the patriarch at the beginning of that, his name. Um, and um, the Esau is his brother, who he's estranged from for a long time because he's moved away after he kind of stabbed his brother in the back. He moved away with the help of his mother's scheming, their mother's scheming, because it was both their mother. Um, and apparently without the father having much say about all, the whole situation. And uh, so he's been gone, created a family somewhere else with some of their own family. So it's inbreeding that's happened. And now he's gotten him a, a big family of baby mamas, wives, and slaves. So um, that's where we're at. And the 400 men are with his brother on their way to meet him. And he's not sure whether his brother's in a good mood or not. So verse two, and he put maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. So don't read over what he did because it's in modern times, modern by modern standards, it's extremely cowardly and uh, actually disgusting that that's how he lined up his kids and baby mamas by how he felt about them by his their value to him he put the maid the maid servants which are actually slaves he put them first so if there is danger from his brother they'll get it first then behind him he put one of his non-slave baby mamas the one he didn't actually want there's two sisters left one of this is the sister he didn't want one with nice eyes but the rest of it not so much he um put her next in line and her children. And then last of all, he put the woman who he really wanted as his wife in the first place, Rachel, the hot sister. He let her and the son of his old age, Joseph, who he had last, uh, he put them last. So don't read over that. It's by modern standards, like I said, it's really disgusting. And what must that make the people at the time in the family feel? How, that, how must that make them feel that he's willing to let them get slaughtered first if there's a slaughter and save the ones he really values for last? Would you really, really, really love a family member that lets you, lets you know that's how they feel about you? Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So it's saying he crossed over before them, but I mean, how could he have crossed over before them when he put the other ones um, in front? So I don't get that. So um, Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. So he met him sort of cowardly, terrified and shivering that his brother is going to be out for blood. So he lined up the family members in order of importance to him sent a gift ahead of him of all that livestock that we already already read about all as sort of a peace offering to soften his brother up when he goes to meet him and so now he sort of bowed himself as a last ditch effort to humble himself before he meets his brother and let him know look i'm terrified of he's terrified of him and um he's willing to just prostrate himself before him if that's what it takes to get his brother to not hurt him 
Um, and he did it seven times to let him know he's bowing to him. But his brother didn't approach him with that energy at all. Instead, he ran toward him and embraced him with love and let him know he's, you know, he's just glad to see him because it had been a long time, basically. So don't read over that. Look at how, again, the so-called holy family patriarchs uh, project the worst of humanity onto the other people when they themselves distribute some of what, at least by modern standards, are what are some of the worst character traits you'd ever want in somebody you're, um, uh, you love. But Esau ran to meet him and embrace him. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these with you? So he said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. So he's wondering, who are all these people traveling with you? And Jacob replies that it's all the family he's gotten since he left, basically, since they parted ways. And he's given God the credit for it. Then the maid servants came near. Well, before we read on, let's just see who uh, God is translated as. I'm going to guess it's Elohim because it's the word God this time and not Lord. But let's just see out of curiosity. And just in case this is your first, it is Elohim. So um, in case it's your first time reading with me, there's a site you can use. It's a free resource called blueletterbible.org that lets you um, see the verses that I'm referring to in case you uh, are curious and don't have a physical Bible in front of you to read along or a different version of the Bible. I use the New King James Version. Um, so in verse six, then the maidservants came near they and their children and bowed down. So he's said, these are my family that I've uh, spawned since we parted ways. And then now he's introducing them. And Leah also came near with her children and they bowed down afterward. Joseph and Rachel came near and they bowed down. So group by group, they um, presented themselves to their family member, Esau, who they're just now meeting. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company, which I met? He said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. So he's asking him, what's with all the livestock you sent ahead of you that you said it's from you and for me? So he's telling him it's a gift, a present, a peace offering, basically. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. So look at what energy Esau has for him. Not the same sort of conniving, scheming, plotting, fearful energy at all. But Esau is not the hero in the story. Instead, Esau's letting him know, no, 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 don't worry about any gifts from me. I'm just glad to see you. I've got plenty enough for myself. Keep what you have. And he embraces him. So a totally different energy. And yet Esau is not the one who goes down in biblical history as the hero. Jacob does. And Jacob said, no, please, if I've now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. And as much as I've seen your face, as though I had seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. So he's letting him know, no, 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 go ahead and take the peace offering, the gift I sent ahead of me, the um, uh, because I'm so relieved that you aren't out for my blood. Please take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. So he urged him and he took it. So he's saying, don't block my blessing, as we'd say in modern times, at least in black people say, don't block my blessing. Go ahead and take the gift I'm giving to you, please. He's saying, because it's partly a thank you to God that everything went well. So I could see why that would be pleasing in God's eyes, because again and again, he's giving God the credit for his prosperity and his safety. Then Esau said, let us take our journey, let us go, and I will go before you. So um, 
He accepted the peace offering from his brother who he hadn't seen in all those what, decades. And um, then they've gone on their way. Or at least he's offering to um, travel on their way back. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should get, drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. So I don't know whether this is him going back to his regular schemer, plotter, supplanter mode, putting that hat back on, or if he's actually concerned with the women and children now who he sent ahead of him uh, for safety's sake. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but whatever the case may be, he's saying, no, don't uh, worry about letting us travel with your army because uh, they're more feeble. And they're, you know, got things that they're not, they're not trained for war like your army is with that sort of discipline. So no, why don't you go ahead and let me and the kids and family and flock uh, take our time and get where we're going. Um, that's what he's saying. Uh, please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a place, at a pace, excuse me, which the livestock think that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and see her. So it sounds to me like it's more of the shady talk, the scheming, supplanting side of him talking again, um, because why wouldn't you want your valuable loved ones, family and flock to have that guard get you safely where you're going uh, if you're really concerned about their safety? But, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't really trust his brother's motives at this point, even though he's taken the offering that he's given him. But whatever the case may be, let's keep reading and see. So he's telling his brother, please go ahead and uh, go ahead where you got to go. And I'm going to take my time and get there with my uh, crew. And Esau said, now, now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So his brother is saying, just for safety's sake, or just since I have enough with me and guards and stuff, how about just let me leave a few guards with you to help sh make sure you get where you got to go safely. So again, notice the energy and spirit that Esau is coming with, yet he's not the one considered the hero. And yet his brother tells him, no, 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 there's no need for all that. Go ahead, let me do it on my own and let that be pleasing to you. So Esau returned that, same, that day on his way to Seir. So he sent his brother away and uh, his brother went on back. And Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth, built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkoth. Now, uh, since he seems to be, well, I guess he does have sons among those. He does have sons among all the um, the baby mamas that he's had. And some of them are probably old enough to uh, be able to help build a house. But look at how deceitful that has, at least how it reads. He told his brother to go on ahead. I'm going to take my time and get meet you where you're going. Then he turns around and instead stops and builds a house. <laughs> that doesn't happen overnight unless you're in China. You remember at the start of this whole COVID crisis, epidemic, pandemic thing, um, China was able to spring up housing for hospitals, for healthcare overnight. They are able to do that because they are organized and they uh, have a different system there. Um, whereas they're not able to, not willing to do that here in America. You know, they're not willing to do it here in America because they let people sleep on the streets, even though there's billions and trillions in wealth in this country. Yet there's no money for that. It's sad. 
anyway, he's saying uh, he took his time, even though he told his brother he'd meet him, just go ahead and stop and build himself a house. So it seems to me more shady, but it is what it is. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram, and he pitched his tent before the city. So he's gotten to another place altogether, nothing about meeting um, his brother anymore and Seir. Uh, where'd all that go? Instead, he's decided to go ahead and pitch his tent somewhere else. Excuse me. So it seems he built a house one place, um, but then went to a city called Shechem and pitched a tent there. So this is a second home, a summer home, a whole round home. Let's see. And he bought the parcel of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamar, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. So he's uh, built a house in one place and purchasing land to um, apparently build in another place where he's pitched a tent. And again, what happened to going to meeting your brother in in in, uh, in Seir, like you said, sending him ahead so you can meet him there? So maybe he's doing this out of just being shrewd and not letting everybody know what his business is and where he's intending to go and what he's intending to do so that people can't plot against him, which, I mean, if that's the case, that's smart. Um, it still seems shady and deceitful since his brother went through all that trouble to meet him and do nothing but be helpful. But let's keep reading. So he's purchased him some more property. Then he erected an altar there and called it El, El, El Elohe Israel. So as always, forgive me for the pronunciation on any of these. Um, so that translates to, it says literally God, the God of Israel. So that's what he's saying. So now he's saying El is the word for God. So I guess Elohim somehow they're rooted together, I guess. But he's saying El. So that's the word being translated as God now. And then he's saying the God of Israel. That part is Elohe Israel, if I'm understanding it correctly. So um, that's not the Jehovah that we've read about before. Now we're to an El or at least that's the translation for God in this instance, in this reading, in this chapter, which actually ends right now. We gotten to the end of chapter 33. I appreciate you checking it out with me. And I mentioned that about the L, L, O, A and all that, because um, those aren't the names that Jesus uses for uh, God in the New Testament. He uses Elohim and Theos, the Greek word for God in the translations in the New Testament, in the Gospels, um, that Jesus says, um, but there are many, many different gods mentioned throughout the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, or at least many different names for the same entity, deity, identified as the Lord or God in the Old Testament, that contradict themselves here and there, uh, actually many, many times. And we've gone over that, and that's part of the point of the naked truth. So um, if you're curious about more readings, we do these readings on Mondays and Wednesdays at random times in the Old Testament, and we focus on the Gospels, what Jesus had to say, in other words, the red letter of Christianity of the Bible, the tithe that Jesus has, that we have of what Jesus had to say that's in the Bible uh, on Saturday nights. That one's around 12 a.m., uh, 12.15 in the morning 
Saturday night, early Sunday mornings, where we go, um, where we focus on what Jesus had to say, because I self-identify as a Christian. Uh, so I believe what Jesus has to say is what we should be using as our guide. So that's what we focus on, at least that's what I focus on. And on Mondays and Wednesdays, we see what the rest of the Bible has to say. And it's amazing how it contradicts itself and then also what Jesus has to say. So then you have to choose if you're a Christian, which one is going to be your guide, the what your savior, if you profess Jesus as your savior, has to say, or what some other place in the Bible or some other person you know or whatever else way you may feel has to say. Free to choose those things, but no, it is a choice. Um, so anyway, if you're interested in other readings, uh, past readings, you can see those here um, on this platform while they last. And if you're interested in uh, if you're an adult, you can see them on my uh, website. It's hungtgirl.com. I'm sorry, .com. And you can see the past readings on the Spirit and Soul pages with the links on the left. You can see more about me, the messenger, with the other pages throughout the site. Uh, get a membership, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for it. But you'll see, if you see for yourself, what Jesus has to say is different. And that's what we choose to focus on because, to me, that's what should be your guide. Anyhow, that'll end this reading. I appreciate you checking out with me. Stay safe. God bless you. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Love your neighbor. Peace to you.